30 Nerdy's presenting sponsor and the home of all of the official 30 Nerdy swag is Advertising Expressions. Juice, what would Superman be without the big S on his shirt? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about Iron Man? What, what if he couldn't slap that Stark Industries logo on everything? You know, Clark and Tony, they probably go to Advertising Expressions, like us, for all their advertising needs. Oh, yeah. And so should you. And when you need your own symbol, like for work, church, school, a team of super friends maybe, check out Advertising Expressions. They can help you get your name and logo in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. That's right. So whether you're a billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, or faster than a speeding bullet, check out Advertising Expressions at advertising-expressions.com. Or give them a call at 423-586-3270. And tell them the nerds at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. What's up, nerds and nerdettes? And welcome to a once-a-year episode. Uh, um, a, a holiday, if you will. Uh, it comes but once every year. A very merry time. A very merry time. It's Indeed. It's a chance to to get to dress up and and be something you're not. It's a chance sure, to sure. give gifts to one another. Sometimes, to, yes. It's a it's a chance to watch those movies that only can be watched at this time. Classics, classics. It's, yeah. it's a chance to um, to tell the story. To to be with those you love to tell this this amazing story. The the story that brings so many of us together yeah a, a story of of sacrifice of loss of love of family of family and of course we are talking about the amazing holiday that happens once a year may the 4th Oh, no, but may the fourth be with you, sir. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I insist. May the fourth be with you. Dude, may the fourth. May the fourth. I believe in, in doing a little digging. Uh, this, this, this holiday is one of those pop culture holidays that has not lost any steam. Uh, of course, obviously, in the pandemic, it slowed down a little bit. You know, people couldn't gather, but... It started with a movement of, of nerds coming together, celebrating a franchise, celebrating a, a massive moment in pop culture history. Like there's those moments in in real history, like, you know, the wall come coming down in Berlin, mm -hmm. um, sadly, 9-11, which we lived through uh, the pandemic. But then there's those moments in pop culture that transcend a genre. Right. Star Wars has done that. Yep. You don't even have to be a massive Star Wars fan, but you do something on May the 4th. You either wear a Star Wars shirt. It could be something small as literally a black with the yellow logo, Star Wars. Mm -hmm. You may say, may the 4th be with you to somebody at school or on the train or on the bus. 
it transcends its own genre of nerd culture and pop culture to where it's celebrated all around the world in different ways. Well, yeah. And, and nowadays any star Wars movie coming out or any show coming out, it's an event. It's not just, Oh, Hey, the new star Wars thing came out. It's a huge deal. It's, it's, it's an event all across the world. And we're going to get that here uh, coming up uh, end of May, I believe. Uh, with yes. the Kenobi series, which I'm really, really stoked about. But yeah, it's May the 4th. We wanted to celebrate. One of these days, we're going to do a big deep dive on yeah. the original Star Wars. But I thought today would be a great time to just have some general discussions. You know, sometimes we like to debate with one another every now and then. Mm. Uh, but there are many debates that Star Wars fans have had through the years and will continue to have for forever. And I found this article from Cinema Blend. This was back in 2015. Uh, so, uh, you know, things have changed a bit since then. Uh, but it's like the eight most talked about uh, arguments in Star Wars. Okay. I thought maybe we'd, we'd run through the list. We'd peruse it, if you will. And we would give our thoughts on these questions. Okay. Maybe we don't disagree. Maybe we do. We'll see. But it'd be fun to talk about either way. You know, I don't mean to interrupt you, but on the day of recording this, do you know what today is? Um, it's May the May 1st. 1st yeah. On the day we're recording this, full transparency to those listening. Um, it's our birthday. It is not. Is it really? May 1st is our first birthday. Wow. First, So the May first May episode was released on this day? May 1st. Wow. Happy birthday. So three birthday. years old? Three years old. A big whopping three years old. A whopping three. And Maddie was who pointed it out to me. She said, oh, and happy uh, birthday today for the podcast. I went, oh, oh, crap. It is. And I didn't wow. do anything lavish on social media. And I we didn't it. didn't even have a cake. Not a cake. Well, we're both kind of watching what we're eating right now. So this is true. Maybe. Well, maybe. we'll celebrate in style when I see you. Yes. Yes, it will be pretty soon. But sorry for that tangent. I just had to say it's oh, that's it's a, good. Like, Three-year-old birthday today as we record May first. Well, what a great way to celebrate talking about Star Wars. So, hey, that's awesome! Wow, three years, three years, man, and and here we are talking about Star Wars. We're celebrating one of our favorite days. That I hope that by the time we have grandkids. Maybe we'll have come so far as this will be a federal holiday. <laughs> Shouldn't it be? I got to tell you, my all-time favorite May the 4th uh, was several years ago before I was a father. And I know I was engaged because we took engagement photos that day. But I took a day off with the excuse of I have engagement photos today, which is true. But I knew I was going to have the whole day just myself to chill out and watch star wars all day long so i have a star wars cookbook and i went to the store and got all the fixings and i had a meal or a snack planned for every part of the day and for each movie and i bought this big old lego star destroyer many <laughs> many many thousands of pieces uh that would take me most of the day to build while i had my star wars food and watched the star wars movies and it was a great day and one day i'd love to recreate that that is a good day. Maybe oh, yeah. You should try it. With Emma when she gets a certain age. Absolutely. Highly recommend. It always but, makes me think of how I met your mother. Is today a day? Is today a day we need the trilogy? 
Uh, I think that I forgot about all the Star Wars stuff and how much your mother. It is past time for a rewatch. Yeah, I think it is. So let's get to this list of arguments. And I would honestly say, man, looking at it, there's a few that we may still to this day disagree with. I don't know that I'm super, super passionate about many of them. Uh, Maybe this first one. So who shot first? This is one of the all time questions that has been carried on for many generations now between Greedo and Han Solo. We see it in Star Wars in the cantina. Greedo, of course, he gets fried there right at the table. What a mess. So in the special edition that came out in 1996 or 7, George Lucas made the decision to add an extra shot. No pun intended. Yes. So it appears that Greedo shoots first and misses, and Han does this awkward little edited neck dive, and then he shoots. Why would he do that? So is George of the mind that Greedo was meant to shoot first? Apparently. And so this is one of those times where like, as an English major, we took all these classes about theory and analysis and bad, 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 bad criticism. And, you know, they talk about how the author can take back their work and change and adjust it and put it back out there. And now we're supposed to see it the way that they intend. But I'm of the mindset of once you have put it out there the way that it is, that's the way that we will take it. Exactly. Right. That's the way that this is the way. So if you meant for it to happen, you should have put it there to begin with. Now, some will make the argument. George Lucas did the best he could with the technology that he had and the budget that he had, which despite the success of that first movie, budget was an issue for the entire trilogy. Okay, and he was trying to stay independent. He did not want the, you know, the big companies to own the licensing and all that stuff. So he was trying really hard to do all that stuff. So a lot of things he wanted to do, he just couldn't do. It wasn't possible at the time. So then he went back in in the 90s and he edited and changed some things. And here we are. And so we have all these great debates like who shot first. So I think we're in agreement. The idea is that Han should have shot first. I'm shot first. Because without that, it sort of changes his character a little bit, right? Like, yeah, he's, he's, we're meant to see him as this, you know, no nonsense, take no crap. Shoot first, kinda, questions later. Stone cold style, right? Exactly. exactly. He would be the one toasting a beer with you, taking a sip, and then kicking you in the gut and dropping you in a stunner. That's Han Solo, right? Yeah. So the fact that, it appears that he waits for Greedo to shoot first, even though it's just like barely a second kind of gives the idea like, well, he was anticipating it. He was ready, but Greedo just got to it first. Right. But then they move forward and create a prequel movie called solo Mm -hmm. where his mentor teaches him to shoot first. Yes. Which was definitely for the fans, because I would say, Majority yeah. of the fans are going to say Han shot first. He's with exactly. us. They're with us on that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So next question, not not quite as easy to answer. Which movie is best? Now we have nine to choose from, and that's not counting Solo, and that's not counting Rogue One, Orion Show, and the shows. Right. So 
it depends on what you go for, right? I say this all the time. Some people like strawberry. Some people like vanilla. Some people like chocolate. So it depends on what you're looking for in your Star Wars. Are you looking for space battles? Are you looking for lightsaber duels? Are you looking for story? Are you looking for big effects? What do you want? Okay. So that changes it a bit, right? So like for me, best movie I would say is Empire Strikes Back. Is it, is it the one that I always choose to watch? If I say, oh, I just want to watch a random Star Wars movie, is it going to be my go-to? Possibly. But my favorite one to watch, for some reason, is Return of the Jedi. I can't tell you why, but I just am more drawn to that one for some reason. Um, in my opinion, I think Empire is the more thought-provoking of right. the three. Um, I think that there's more emotion in it. There's a lot of emotion, and it's not exactly a happy ending. Yeah changes everything um the empire quote unquote wins this battle in more ways than one they get han frozen in carbonite luke's lost his hand he's found out his father is the bad guy it's like oh my the rebel fleet is like scattered all across yeah. the galaxy because they had to to uh flee from hoth he didn't truly finish his training Right. The way he was supposed to. So he and kind of he left against the wishes of Obi-Wan and Yoda. Mm-hmm. He disobeyed them and, and went against their advice and he left. So you're yeah. I, I think I think there's I think there's more heart in this one. Yeah. In a in a sense. I don't know how I'm gonna describe that, but that's all I can say. If you understand what I'm saying, you get it. You know, if you know, you know. There's heart in this one in more ways. I mean, this is where Han and Leia, Leia says, I love you. Yeah. And we get that scene. We get the betrayal of Lando. I mean, this movie has literally everything that's almost mythic. In the you hold that against Lando? Um, no, because he had Lando, no choice. Lando's got uh, more than just a couple people to worry about. He's got his entire right. And he did his best to make up for it, you know, yeah. immediately after the fact. Yeah. And he thought that Chewbacca and Leia would be with okay. him under his protection. Yeah. So he did his best with, with what he had. So, you know, Lando's okay in my book. Absolutely. I think he redeemed far over what he actually did. So we're in agreement that Empire's best. Yes. Uh, if you're looking for lightsaber duels, might say episode three yes yes you know but we're going to talk about lightsabers later so we'll save that but all right so we're in agreement with empire uh next one ewoks love them or hate them i want one still to this day um i don't mind the ewoks Uh, yeah that's the other thing is like love or hate like in these arguments like that people say like love love i love the ewoks or oh my god i hate them or i hate the porgs or i love the porgs like yeah i've never put so much emotion into that stuff yeah you're really gonna hate the ewoks there's far more to pick and choose in these 
11 movies to well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this at least they weren't gungans exactly and at least they didn't speak with silly you know accents and weird dialects and stuff like that and they make you feel for them because when the one oh. dies when the the atst blasts it and the other one's trying to wake it up that's heartbreaking oh, stuff. So heartbreaking. i'm i'm okay with I'm the ewoks I'm okay with ewoks I bet you David Horton is of the mindset of uh, he doesn't like him, isn't he? Uh, I don't know. I haven't talked to him about Ewoks. We'll ask him that sometime. All right, so the next one. Why do stormtroopers have such terrible aim? Tyler, why? Why do they have such terrible aim? Stormtroopers have terrible aim because they are not clones. They are basic human beings. Sure. And they're helmets. Honestly, you can't see a thing in that helmet, and they're constantly moving up and down. So it's like, oh god, I can't even see. So they're just yeah. just a blast. And I think that they were trained erratically, and not like the clones were. And, and also, like, look, let's be realistic. All due respect to anyone who has ever served in in our in the military. Okay, obviously, but back in the days of like the draft. Every dude that went into the army in this time of war, a time of crisis, right, probably wasn't like an ace shot. Not every single one of them was, right? So, you know, most people, their only opportunity to go or do anywhere in life under the rule of the empire is go to the Imperial Academy and join the empire. And I'll probably be some, you know, Joe Schmo stormtrooper, right? So not everybody's going to be an ace shot. And the ones who are really good are probably moving up in the ranks to like special squadrons, like Vader's special unit or something yeah, like yeah. that. Like if you're a super great marksman, you just happen to be. Um, but that being said, they also pulled off a few things, even in the originals, like Leia got shot in the arm in Jedi and uh, R2 got blasted once and, C-3PO got blown up by a stormtrooper. Yeah. So, you know, they've 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 hit targets. It's, it's that their targets in our eyes aren't the quality targets. Right. It's like you can't hit any of these Jedi or these generals or anything. Uh, and when it comes to Jedi, they're constantly working with the force. So I would easily say, like, we see them block with lightsabers or we see them push away, but the, the force literally surrounds them. So I would imagine that's a really deep mythos explanation of why that they just go over them and around them, the lasers. Their aim wasn't too terrible on Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. Oh. Ooh. See, I subscribe to the theory that that was Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Yeah, I like that theory too. But until it's proven, I'm, I'm not going to go with it. Which is why Anakin says, or Vader says. Oh, no disintegration. Yeah. So, this next one I'm interested to know because I have a new theory on it. Are a new theory. great or terrible? I am not for a second going to say that anything Star Wars is terrible. Okay. So, I will never, I will not say that the prequels are terrible. Okay. Um, and I have a love for anything that is Star Wars, and that includes the prequels. Maybe with the exception of Jar Jar, Pod Racing, and Hayden Christensen. Now, uh, beyond that, I, I don't uh, have I like a, a deep mind that the sequels did wonders for the prequels because they were so bad it made the prequels look good. Yes, 
<laughs> um, and, and the prequels lightsaber battles, battles were the best. Oh, yeah. One, I will absolutely give you that. Because it's weird. It's like we understood that at the time, the Jedi that they were in the originals weren't, you know, Luke had just picked it up. Obi-Wan was old. And they were more like knights of King Arthur's realm. Or in the prequels, Jedi are plenty and they have yeah. all this time to train and, and they've got all these fighting styles that they're learning from the books and the texts and, and their masters. And, and it's all very quick and, and uh, samurai-like. I, w- I just wish that they had... I just wish they'd been done better. I mean, I, w- I wish that the third one had been like two parts or that they had done more of the stuff that happened in three and two or done something uh, because like all the stuff with Anakin felt so rushed through that third one. And the last time that I did a watch through of them, I was thinking like that scene where Anakin executes Dooku had that been like on game of Thrones and how serious and dramatic that would have been. Oh, it would have been so epic. Like, just what that meant, that moment. And it just sort of was like, eh, okay, I did it. Oh, well, I really shouldn't have done that, guys. Yeah, but you did. Okay, let's go. Now let's get That's out of it. here. Yeah. You know, like, let's really make a big deal about that. He ain't supposed to do that. I, I wish that they had just been done a little bit better. Uh, um, but I think that we would have uh, – imagine how we would feel about two and three had between two and three the clone wars actually happened then and have been in the show the tv show yeah and the actual people pulling this long show more fights more better anakin building and before three and just like what you said about the sequels making the prequels look so much better the animated series also did the same thing for the prequels yeah a lot like big time and if you like just overall, if you think about the things that the prequels give us and you weigh the pros versus the cons, I think the pros outnumber it. I mean, yeah. prequels, let's just name off the things we love. Okay. You and McGregor. Easy. Lightsaber battles. Darth, Darth Maul. Darth Maul and Dooku. I particularly oh, love the whole, seeing all the stuff with the emperor and Palpatine yeah. and gaining his power, the political stuff that a lot of people argue about that they hate. That's another question that could be on here. I sort of like the politics. I um, like to see how that's how part of the story, man. And how it was really like political, how he did it. You know, like yeah. he didn't just like assassinate a bunch of people like the Godfather would. He politically maneuvered the Sith into power. And it kind of opens your eyes on our own world, our own politics. Like, wow, are they doing this kind of stuff? And then, like, I mean, you got Mace Windu, Qui-Gon Jinn, Plo Koon. You've got all these new Jedi that that we didn't know about in the originals, you know, that are here. You've got, I mean, Mace Windu alone, not just the Sam Jackson of it, like holding a purple lightsaber, which we had never seen. Mm-hmm. That's a plus. Padme is a plus. The well, doc is still, to this day, the worst part of the the prequels george was not a, a dialogue writer yeah we know that bro i love natalie portman but i do not love natalie portman in star wars i didn't really? think she was good like i was madly in love with her as a kid yeah. i thought she was the most beautiful thing on the planet and she is beautiful but i performance wise i didn't think she was great 
And maybe it was just because she was like sort of uh, tainted by the Hayden Christensen of, of the whole thing. Yeah. And it almost felt like Anakin and Padme were purposely given bad moments and bad dialogue to make you not like them. Yeah. Um, but the prequels do, pros do outweigh the cons. Now, do I still nag about the cons? Absolutely. Sure. We're nerds. That's what we do. Um, but back to the lightsaber fights. Then we come to the sequels and they're all erratic again, just swinging and not a whole lot of finesse to stuff. And granted, we don't have as many Jedi again. Story story wise, it fits. Yeah, story wise, it fits to have erratics fighting just to survive. You know, blah blah blah. Um, so I will say that the the duels and the fights are a plus in the prequels compared to some of the other movies. Mm-hmm. Now I wouldn't say terrible. No, nothing. Uh, Star Wars is terrible, man. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of disagree with that, but okay. So this one <laughs> probably uh what's the deal with midichlorians? Yeah, these little little uh little living beings that live in your blood cells and sort of create life and generate the force or some such something as that, according to Liam Neeson. My problem with it is is we didn't need that. We were, we were accepting of the force without a religion scientific explanation yeah. of it being in your, Oh, it's these little creatures that cause it. And the count tells fine. you how strong you are. We were fine with it's a force. It's, it's a magical substance that surrounds us and helps a Jedi. Yeah. And it's an ancient religion. Exactly. We were, because there are, there are people who have access to the force who aren't Jedi or who aren't Sith or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's this mystical fantasy force that, that surrounds everything. And then George was like, yeah, you know, these things are in your blood, but it was never mentioned ever again, really, uh, not in the movies anyway. I don't think in some of the comics and stuff, probably in the novels, whatever. Yeah. Um, as a, as a kid, look, I was not offended by many glorians cause I just didn't really think much about it. I didn't care. Um, and I sort of thought that that was their explanation for how Anakin came to be. You know, there was some sort of shift in the force that created this big mass of midi-chlorians within Shmi Skywalker, which then results in Anakin, who has no father. Now, the theory now is that the emperor is the one who is yeah. his father somehow or whatever. Technically, by um, But even J.J. Abrams at the time of... Uh, when he was getting involved in Star Wars, he said, there will be no mention of mini Glorians and anything I'm doing. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, that's the deal with it. Uh, we didn't need it. Not great, but it's not something that ruins Star Wars for me. You know what I mean? I, I learned to let it go. So maybe yeah. others can too. Yeah. Now this so, next uh, one's a good one. This next one I have gone back and forth with. I now say in my ripe old age of 32, it depends on the viewer. I think you're right. Watching order. Uh, for instance, if I sit down and watch them, I watch them as I got them. Four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, nine. And I will probably, after before I go to seven, eight, nine, do the spinoffs. The stories is what they call them. Um, when I was introducing Maddie to it, I basically said... Um, to make it easier on you, 
with having to continuously say, okay, no, now we're, now we're back in time. Would it be easier to get through this, to start like linear chronologically or release? And, And she said probably linear. And I was like, okay, I'm fine with that. So we went one, two, three, solo rogue one, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And I'm fine with that. Like, there are a lot of people who are like, oh, it's a travesty to do that. And I'm like, yeah, but is it really? Like, at the no. end of the day, it's, it's your yeah. prerogative. I, I think I prefer the way we got them just because that's the experience that we had. And I like that idea of, like, going back and filling in the blanks after the fact, filling in those details. Yeah. I really like that. Um but I've done it both ways before, and sometimes I've skipped episode one. So, and there's other orders out there too. Like some people say, like you know, four, five, and then three is a flashback, and weird stuff like that. Yeah, I've um, seen that. That's a little too much for me. So this last one, uh, this was—I don't know that this is a big question now. This was at the time 2015 so we didn't really know what was to come but it was you know jj abrams is he going to be a hero for us a savior or is he going to be detested like the fans are going to hate him because he ruined star wars um i think jj did pretty good job uh with what he had and what he was working with so i he's okay with me plus i'm not a star trek guy and i really liked his star trek movies and i'm sure that uh you know that's controversial as well but that's just me. Oh, it's definitely controversial amongst the Star Trek community. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, guys. Jay, I thought when everybody was saying like Seven was so amazing because it was a new hope. Like it was literally the blueprint of a new hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of hard to mess that up when you use the blueprint. And then leaving the project. And le- my problem with JJ is that he didn't do eight. And then came back for nine and nine was exciting and chock full of fan service. And in all, in all honesty, you know, I teared up at a lot of points uh, because of that fan service. And cause it got me, I might be down on some things a lot of times, but good fan service still gets me to this day. goes a long way. I can, I can have my issues with seven, eight and nine, but at fan service moments, I'm like, ee! you know, yeah, guys like, I can defend the sequels in some areas for sure. Okay. But at the end of the day, if I say, you know, Star Wars, I'm not talking about the sequels. They're not going to be the things that I choose to sit down and watch. Now, every once in a while, like, oh, I've seen all the others. Let's watch these again. And I'll have a great time doing it. And that'll be it. You know, they're not, I, they're not, I don't put them on this pedestal. Okay. Um, but the idea of it completely ruined Star Wars and it was this, it was that, whatever. I just don't subscribe to that. And that's just me. I just have fun with it because Star Wars is Star Wars. And, um, and, and like you said, it, they got me. They made me feel with the fan service. Absolutely, they did. And that's what I was there for. That's exactly what I wanted. I, I didn't expect I was going to see some sort of like, you know, Shakespearean epic drama yeah. or something like that. So. Well, the, and, what it at the end of the day, saying seven, eight, nine ruined one through six for you, ruined Star Wars as a franchise. That's on you. 
Only you can let something ruin something. Or to be like, oh, Disney Star Wars, Disney Star Wars. Yo, have you seen The Mandalorian? Just saying. And Obi-Wan, I anticipate, will be very good. Yeah, absolutely. I'm knocking on literal literal wood here. I'm knocking. So, no, 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 I'm not going to win. So, yeah, I mean, JJ, I, you know, I, he didn't ruin anything for me. I mean, there were, I have my qualms with 789, but I have my qualms with the prequels. There are some things that even going back and watching four, five, six, I go, uh, that was a little over, you know, bad dialogue or blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, if you're going to let something ruin something, that's your choice. You know that all three of the original movies had different directors too, right? Yeah. You know, so, but George, the difference is George Lucas was there sort of heavily involved with all three. And in this, he wasn't at all. So, or not really. So exactly. But anyway. Those are the uh, the big questions among Star Wars fans. There's other questions out there too, of course. Uh, but this was from Cinema Blend in 2015, and uh, Lord, I, I can imagine the arguments that have popped up today over, oh, yeah. uh, especially over time of the pandemic and people sat down and watched all of them again. New arguments have probably popped up. I can tell you one argument that's popped up for me that you even will side with me on is where did Moz get the freaking lightsaber? Oh, they answered that in a dang comic book. And that just wasn't enough for me. No, it wasn't. No, no, no. Not going to play that game. But so we're going to take a quick little intermission here. Uh, when we get back, we are going to have a Star Wars nerd vocabulary word. And we're going to talk about lightsaber lore. Lightsaber deep dive. I love the lightsabers. So stay tuned. We will be back when 30 and 30 podcast returns. Thirty and Nerdy Podcast is brought to you by Tennessee Legend Distillery. Established in the summer of 2015, Tennessee Legend Distillery is more than just another moonshine stop in the Smoky Mountains. From our multi-award-winning silky smooth salted caramel whiskey to our King Snake two-year-old bourbon whiskey, our local favorite vodka. And even our legendary line of cream liqueurs, there is something for everyone. Focusing on a small town vibe, our family and friend owned and operated business has kept us grounded to the heritage of the volunteer state with our fun, courteous, and smiling staff. Come in for free tastings and leave with your spirit of choice. Whether it be Richard's damn good gin, or the legendary Hammershine. You can find us on social media by searching Tennessee Legend Distillery, where you can see behind-the-scenes features, new deals, and our always fan-favorite Thirsty Thursday cocktail recipes. Now, we do have two locations here in Sevierville, one on Highway 66, one on Newport Highway. We also have locations in Cookville and Nashville. If you do visit our Sevierville location located at 870 Winfield Dunn Parkway, tell them the guys at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. You'll receive a free shot glass and 15% off your purchase. What are you waiting for? Come be a legend at Tennessee Legend Distillery. Cheers to you, nerds.
What's up, nerds? This is Rich from the Three Fat Nerds Podcast, and you're listening to our Council of Nerds Brethren, the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Of course, when you're done with this awesome podcast, you can check out the Three Fat Nerd Podcast wherever you get great podcasts just by searching Three Fat Nerds. And if you want all your information about what we do over there, you can visit 8122productions.com. Now let's get back to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I have something here for you. Your father wanted you to have this when you were old enough, but your uncle wouldn't allow it. He feared you might follow old Obi-Wan on some damn fool idealistic crusade like your father did. What is it? It's your father's lightsaber. This is the weapon of a Jedi Knight. Not as clumsy or random as a blaster. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the old Republic. Before the dark times. Before the Empire. Welcome back, nerds and nerdettes, to our May the 4th celebration. May the 4th be with you all. Always. May the fourth be with you. We're talking about lightsabers and lightsaber lore. And our good doctor here, Master Juicy One Kenobi, has dug into lightsaber lore all about it. And we are going to talk a little bit about different lightsabers, where they come from, how they are made, and the colors. Before we get into those, we are going to talk a little nerd vocabulary word here. And I wanted it to be Star Wars. And I wanted to answer a question that a lot of people have asked over time, especially myself. What is Bantha fodder? <clears throat> <laughs> so, <laughs> Bantha fodder is a type of food eaten by Banthas. The phrase Bantha fodder is also used as an offensive term as the substance smelled extremely foul. Alternatively, in Hatties, fodder is fudu, which Sebulba says quite a bit in the prequels. So that was used as the same purpose. So bantha fodder, basically, you stink. You, you smell your, your crap, your bantha food, your disgusting gruel. You smell like doo-doo. Yeah. Has, has Nerf Herder ever been a nerd word for us? Yeah. The first, oh. man, the fourth, we, we oh, talked well. about Scrubbing your yeah. Um, we actually, well, did, there you go. That episode, we did like a five vocabulary Star Wars episode, of course. We did, I remember it like it was yesterday, yeah. yeah I'm sure you do. Uh, so, let's talk lightsabers, shall we? Shall we? I did some research in here on the lightsabers, and there's so much out there you wouldn't believe, mm. just crazy stuff out there. Um, now, throughout the comics and the novels and da 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 all the stuff that's been Star Wars over the many, many years of Star Wars, there have been so many different types of lightsabers, okay? Now, I looked at all of them, and some of them are only referenced once, twice. Like, there's a rifle lightsaber. It's this ancient, uh, one-of-a-kind 
relic that was kept in the Jedi Temple. And uh, in one of the comics, Jocasta New goes out into the, the archives and she gets it to use it against Vader or something like that. Uh, but I didn't include that. I thought we'd talk about just the ones that we know in the movies, the ones that we're totally familiar with yeah. or also in some of the shows now. Mm-hmm. So we got our standard lightsaber, the ones that you know we, we see most everybody carry. It's just the one-bladed lightsaber. Uh, now, lightsabers you can, we've seen, use underwater. There's a setting for that. There's also a setting that you can turn it on to training mode where it has a white blade. And it's non-lethal. We see Luke Skywalker use that in Star Wars on mm-hmm. a plane with the remote on the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. And so the way that the lightsabers are made, the, the students, the little Jedi younglings, they have to travel. Usually there's this planet called uh, Elam that the Jedi yeah. go to. It's like an ice planet. There's a cave there where they can get their crystals. The crystal will call to them and they go get it. And this crystal sort of bonds with them. Think like a wand in Harry Potter to a wizard. And that's what gives the crystal its color. It sort of feels the, the heart and the destiny of, of the user. And that gives the lightsaber its color. Mm. But uh, once you've got your crystal and you get your emitter and you want to make your handle and whatever, you got many options of that and how you want to structure your lightsaber. So you can have the standard lightsaber, but other ones that we see, uh, would be like the Shoto uh, lightsaber. This is the short blade, often used as like a secondary weapon, almost like a dagger or something like that. We see Yoda use one of those just based on his size. And then Ahsoka uses uh, one as a secondary weapon as well. Um, so is the Shoto what, uh, what is his name? The bad guy played by Vision, Paul Bettany in Solo. He has like a, He's got like a little dagger of some kind. A little lightsaber dagger. Yeah. Got about that. Um, I'm not sure. I think that was just like a weird dagger. It wasn't necessarily like Shoto's is basically a normal lightsaber, but miniature. Mm, Like for Yoda, like what he would use. And the thing about lightsabers too is like, you know, this is the weapon synonymous with the Jedi Order. And I believe in the time of the Empire, they were illegal. Mm -hmm. Right. So like you see lightsaber, you think Jedi. So that's why Jedi would want to hide it during that time if they survived Order 66. And we also know that the reason that the Jedi use it is because it's very difficult for just anybody to use a lightsaber. Like if you go back and watch Mandalorian, when Mando's got a hold of the Darksaber, he's really struggling to maneuver that thing. So it takes someone with a lot of finesse and years of training and control and all that to be able to use a lightsaber, which is perfect for them. Yeah. Um, So the... Next one, an awesome version of the lightsaber, right? The double-bladed lightsaber. We saw that for the first time in episode one with Darth Maul, that epic shot. We'll never forget it. When the door is open, he's on Naboo. He walks out. One blade comes out. The other blade comes out on the other side. We're like, whoa, because we've never seen that before. And he had a little fight with Qui-Gon on Tatooine before that, but he just used one blade at the time. So this is great when you got multiple enemies that you're, you know, you're surrounded and you're trying to take out multiple guys. Got your double-bladed saber, extra protection. And plus, training with a double-bladed against training with a single has got to be so difficult because you've got to also worry about where that second blade is. You don't want to mm-hmm. swing that top blade and that bottom blade hit you in the leg. Mm-hmm. Boom. 
there's an injury. Uh, I could not use a double-bladed lightsaber. No. I, I could not. And for the Jedi fighting you, they're fighting a double-bladed saber, so they're worrying about two blades at one time. So it, it ups their game as well. Like seeing Qui-Gon take on the double-bladed saber increased the 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 intensity of the fight. You're like, man, he's he's got to worry about two. Plus, that's probably not something he was used to. Yeah, he's probably yeah. just as freaked out as we were in the audience. <laughs> right. Uh, we saw a version of the double-bladed saber in the sequels when there was that weird vision that Ray had of herself turning, like if she'd gone down the Palpatine path, she had yeah. that hinged double-bladed saber. I don't know how that would work. You know, we didn't get to really see it used. Yeah, but it, it was, was a cool idea. It's like two coming up, and then she like hit a release and it hinged swung back. down. Yeah, and then there's some versions of the double-bladed saber that you can, of course, split apart and then carry two. Yeah, yeah. I uh, definitely would not be able to use a double-bladed. Oh, no. I, I, are you kidding me? I'd be terrible. And training. I'd lock my leg off. The next one I learned a little bit about is the dual-phase uh, version of a lightsaber. This is where there's a f- uh, focus crystals, sometimes multiple focus crystals used, and you can extend the blade mid-battle. And Darth Vader has a dual-phase lightsaber. And in Star Wars, during the battle with Obi-Wan, I had never really thought much about it or noticed it because I just didn't think at the time they were thinking of stuff like that. But Vader's blade changes changes in that duel. Yeah. That's awesome. And <laughs> against Luke as well. Yeah, because it would be like um, if, 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 someone was, if Obi-Wan was swinging at his saber, he could shrink it to where Obi-Wan would miss through the saber, re, re you know, grow it and strike again so it's very strategic and dooku also had that Mm -hmm. and his is a different sort of uh, lightsaber in and of itself anyway so it's like you can be really sneaky with that you know if nobody knows you're in the middle of a fight you can just slide it down a little bit longer and take somebody out yeah really catch them by surprise and if you're trying to keep somebody at a distance extend it even more so, like, one of the videos I was watching, the guy talking in the video talked about why Vader would want to have that ability if he's having a battle with Obi-Wan. Think about the last time that he encountered Obi-Wan. He got chopped in half, practically. Yeah. So, hey, back up, buddy. Back up. Yeah. So, pretty cool. That's really cool. We also have a cross-guard lightsaber, which we saw Kylo Ren use, and apparently that's an ancient design for Jedi. And the original idea was not that the two beams coming out on the sides were there to like be used as an extra weapon or anything like that. It was just sort of, they put two holes there because uh, that's where the energy was coming out or whatever. It just kind of looked cool, I guess, uh, before they were much better at constructing sabers. So this is a rare thing, but Kylo had that unstable crystal. So that's why his blade was like real unstable and shaky and stuff. And so all that extra energy comes out on the sides like that so it's believed that he took his original lightsaber that he had and just sort of modified it so that it would do the cross guard and we'll get it we'll get into kyber crystals a little more in a little bit but uh the process of how they get their red lightsabers is somewhat sad if you think about it it's a really dives into more of the lore of turning to the dark side uh, so the curved hilt that we got mm-hmm. next, obviously synonymous with 
Lord Dooku, Darth Tyrannic. Dooku. It just looks like, well, obviously you want to have a different, something you want to do something new every time, right? So we've got the double-bladed saber. What can we do next? Oh, I don't know. Let's put a little weird curve on it, right? Count Dooku, he just looks like a gentleman. He's a count. He is an expert fencer. He sometimes just uses one hand. I don't know which form that is. There's seven forms for Jedi combat or for uh, lightsaber combat. Form one, form two, blah, blah, blah. And we, we discussed so, that in our season one Star Wars crossover episode, our first crossover with Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. We talked oh, we talked about the forms of the forms, the many oh. forms, and who fights with those forms. Dooku uses form two. I do yes. know that. Uh, it's, very, it's very difficult. Very exquisite. And very rare. Yes, very lots of finesse. And so he's just like a great fencer. He's very good. And he's one of the only guys who is able to beat Anakin. Yeah. Think about it. I'll tell you uh, who else would use form two. Diego Montoya would probably use form two. You're right. But also, I think he would know all of the forms. Yes. Or most of them. He would. He absolutely would. So the Darksaber, we've already mentioned it once. Uh, we see this very prominently in the Clone Wars uh, with uh, Bo-Katan and the whole story of Mandalore. It was created by Tar Vizsla. Right. He uh, was the first and only Mandalorian accepted into the Jedi Order. Yes. And this yes. was his special lightsaber. Yes, uh, Darksaber has been seen recently as of that freaked everyone out at the end of season one of Mandalorian when Moff Gideon cut himself out of his TIE fighter with the Darksaber. And every Star Wars fanatic was like, oh, my God, how'd he get it? And, of course, we get the little story of how he won it from Bo-Katan, who we last saw it with in the Clone Wars. Um, But we also learned in Mandalorian two season two that uh or no book of boba fett in the little yeah. special mandalorian episode that tar Vizsla's great 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 whatever grandson is the other mandalorian with the armor and he says i deserve that blade it was made by my ancestor yeah. i'll duel you for it so it's very interesting the dark saber i don't know if it's one that i would be like if i had the money able to collect you know quality lightsabers from the movies i can't say that it's one that i'd just be like i have to have the dark yeah not for me either but save that because we're going to talk about specifically our lightsabers yes at the end yes um but the dark saber is a big deal whosoever holds this lightsaber uh as rule of mandalore yeah and I think it's definitely going to come into play a lot more in this show. Yes. So now there's other things that we didn't talk about here. Like in the Clone Wars, the the Inquisitors have like these spinny helicopter looking double bladed sabers. There's great sabers. Like for if you're a big giant creature, you're going to yeah. be using a big one. Um, all kinds of stuff like that. There's a spear like a, a yeah, that's a guard. axe a one. Have those yeah. big yellow spear things. Also, Ezra in uh, the Clone Wars, or not the Clone Wars, the Rebels, like he's got a little pistol. So in the time that lightsabers are illegal, right, he obviously doesn't want to walk around carrying a lightsaber. So he's got that pistol that is really just a stun gun. It's not lethal, but he can also change it and have a lightsaber blade come out of it. Yes. Which is really cool. And I hope that we get to see something like that live action when he comes into the Ahsoka show or whatever it is. Absolutely. I'm very excited for that. 
Very excited. So let's talk about the base of the lightsaber. What creates it? The Kyber crystals. We talked a little bit that they go to Ilum to retrieve their crystals when they're younglings. Mm-hmm. There are uh, other places that you can yeah. get them as well. Like in Rogue One, we see they're taking all the Kyber from the uh, from that uh, Jedi, whatever it was, yeah. place on that one planet. And they're using that Kyber to create the super lasers for the Death Star. Yeah. Uh, so these are rare force attuned crystals that grew in nature on certain planets. And as we said, part of the last steps of a youngling's training is to create their lightsabers with their crystals. And the color determined is determined after bonding with the force user. Like you said earlier, the crystal chooses the Jedi, yeah. Mr. Potter. Um, so we got some different colors that we've seen throughout the, the series. Um, some these more are the and these are the canon colors. There's been like if you go back into the legend stuff and the pre Disney uh, buyout, the, the the colors were basically whatever you want, anything. Yeah. Yeah. And so they gave a little more meaning and a little more structure to the lightsaber colors. And they played into that a little bit with Jedi Fallen Order. Yes, different different colors. Well, one of the colors, uh, orange, was not canon until the game. And yeah. so now it is now. What does the orange blade mean? We don't know. Uh, it doesn't really have a meaning as of yet. It means go Vols. That's what it means. It means go Vols. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so let's start with blue, the basic. The Jedi Guardian stands for righteousness and bravery. And these are mainly the warriors. Yeah. Your Anakins. The protectors. Obi-Wans. Yeah. Um, initially before i dove into the legends comics and stuff right i just saw the blue as like oh it's step one like everyone right. has a blue at some point it's not really any it's just it's step one it's your first rung on the ladder and when you become a master you get green you know like it, it was like a uh, a cast system well <laughs> you might think that because luke started with blue and then he had a green one in the end and yeah all that i could see one, that but obi-wan had blue the whole time. Yeah. yeah. He was an old man at the end. So oh, was. So the next color juice, where do we go from blue? So after blue, we've got green, the Jedi Consular. They These are the more spiritual beings, like the Yodas and the Qui-Gons. Uh, harmony, goodwill, and whatnot. So they're not going to be the ones who rush into battle right away. They're going to meditate. They're going to think about it. They're going to talk. They're going to whatever. So Qui-Gon really exemplifies that in the short time that we have it. Mm. And Yoda too, of course. Yeah. Um, I like the green. Uh, I wish we'd gotten more Qui-Gon in the movies, obviously, because if you do go back and read some of the Qui-Gon comics, this man was better than any Jedi. He was was better than the council. He was. He's still alive. Old Liam Neeson. We still got him. We and we've got this technology where we can de-age people. I'd love to get some Qui-Gon uh, something in this Kenobi series. I'm really hoping. Yeah, I hope so. Love me some Qui-Gon. And, of course, thanks to one Samuel Jackson, we now have purple. Right. Now, we don't really have much of a, a meaning uh, that's canon for purple. And some of the expanded universe stuff, it gives us this idea that the purple color comes from this blending of the light and the dark side. This person's almost on the on the verge. 
They're right there in, in the, on the threshold. And that makes sense because Mace Windu's form for lightsaber fighting is form six or seven yeah. that requires one to be very aggressive and sort of draw a lot of negative energy. Yeah. And a lot of people have turned to the dark side because of that aggression, but he's learned how to control that. So it would make sense for him to have a purple lightsaber. But the real story is Samuel L. Jackson likes purple. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the meaning of it. You can watch the video. He's like, I want a different color lightsaber. I want to be able to be seen in this group battle. Like, oh, there's Mace Window. Like, I want a purple lightsaber. And he's like, yeah. okay. <laughs> I mean, when Sam Jackson wants a color, you give him the color. That was his only request. That's his favorite color. Yeah. Uh, so yellow, uh, Jedi Temple Guards, uh, Jedi Sentinels in the extended universe. Um, you see a lot of Temple Guards in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Uh, series not a whole lot in live action whatsoever really there's some stuff out there that talks about like the jedi sentinels it's someone who is like very worldly as far as they know how to survive like ray which is why she they say she has a yellow one or whatever and we're in this part of of the disney buyout where they've done all this stuff on their own but also pulled some of the legend stuff in so some of it's blended together Honestly, I don't know what's accepted and what's not. I think, you know. Yeah. That it's... Yeah. Because we also didn't think that, um, you know, Disney would ever utilize Thrawn. Yeah. But he is. That's coming. Or had Bane, but we got him. So. Did I... Have I ever... I'm sure I've talked about this before. I don't know if I've talked about it on here. That when I was a kid, I was a part of a Star Wars fan yes. film. You, you've talked about it on here. I have? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, my character's name, my my young little Jedi, his name was Hashel. <laughs> and Hashel had a yellow lightsaber. And I had some great, I had two or three duels. Sweet. I didn't make it for very long, but, you know, I had a yellow saber and I got to see about four or five seconds of edited footage of me with an actual lightsaber. That's awesome. Yeah. They never finished it beyond that. Well, darn. I know. There's a GoFundMe out right now to finish the project. <laughs> Shoot. I wouldn't even know if any of that footage exists anywhere. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, just, as you said, just added for Fallen Order. Orange. Uh, and I used to always, when I was playing in the back backyard as a kid, when we would play Star Wars type make-believe and we were Jedi, me and Caleb and Brett. I, my, I would always say my lightsaber is orange. And just because my favorite color is orange. Go balls. Go balls. Because go balls. Um, but I, I'm glad that it's been made canon. I really, 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 really hope that they shock us in Ahsoka or moving forward in these live action series and we get Cameron Monaghan's character by Wouldn't Cameron that be awesome? in live action. He so even cool. said, I'm ready. Just say the word. I am so ready to bring Cal Kestis to the live action world. Um, the man can't live off that shameless and got the money forever. Come on, um, Disney. Where you at? Hit a brother up. Time. Don't let him get too old, please. Yeah. Uh, so white. You talked about white as a training saber, but there's also been white battling sabers. All right. So when the Kyber Crystal... Uh, is white and a lightsaber blade is white it is from 
a red crystal being purified of dark energy. So Ahsoka gets a hold of some lightsabers from some inquisitors and she purifies those crystals, which is why we see her with white blades later on. It's very rare that we see them in Star Wars, much like we don't see a lot of purple. We don't see yellow outside of the Jedi Temple um, and white's one of those. So very few people have carried white. I like that. It shows so much more badassery behind Ahsoka. Yeah. Oh, she's the ultimate package. Yeah. And that's one thing. Another thing I love is you see these memes all the time. It's like better than the Jedi Council. It's like Ahsoka and Qui-Gon and Ray and Luke and all that. It's like this. Mm-hmm. they're better than the actual council because like even Anakin tried to say in the prequels, we're taught to love. I don't understand why they say no attraction, all that, because literally at its base, we're taught to love. I think there's theories out there that like conjugal connection was not frowned upon. Like they were allowed to, to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen it myself. I'm, just I'm kinda... pretty sure Obi-Wan and Satine hooked up. In yeah. Clone Wars. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Uh, so finally last. And if you're uh, not a fan of the dark side, least uh, the red. The dark side sabers, the the Darth Mauls, the Dooku's, the Darth Vader's, the Emperor Palpatine's red lightsabers, which is basically a corrupted kyber crystal. They yeah. have tortured the purity out of this crystal and mas- basically it bleeds. Yep. Which is sad because like if you That's look at this crystal as an entity, as a living entity. It's viewed as like a living thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've made basically tortured it and made it bleed. So it gives off red, dark energy. But in the expanded universe stuff, pre-Disney, we talked about this recently, not on the show, I don't believe, but there was this game, uh, Jedi Power Battles, on the PlayStation years ago. And one character you could play as was, she was from the prequels, Adigalia. Yeah, She had a crimson lightsaber in that game. And her action figure also came with a red lightsaber. It's interesting, but she was a good guy. She was. So maybe she just... So I think that was before this idea of red has to be bad. Like maybe they were playing with the idea of, uh, it's just a random color and, you know, hers just happened to be red. Yeah. I don't know. That's intriguing. Um, I love lightsaber lore. Uh, I love lightsaber duels uh, i love the sound effect i mean if i had my choice anytime i'm cornered with the okay you have to choose you either get narsil uh harry's wand or like the elder wand or i immediately before they even i go lightsaber give me a lightsaber any day and every day i would be scared to have a lightsaber for real i just know i would cut my leg off or something we actually, uh, a guy, have you seen the video of the guy who actually created it finally? No. Created a working lightsaber. He found a way to d- uh, contain the blade. It's like a controlled plasma, basically. And mm. it's like, hooked to this Ghostbuster style proton pack. And like, it's obviously not extremely useful or accept- accessible for battle. <laughs> but he created it. He found a yeah, way. Yeah, I have heard about that. Actually, I, 
I looked up uh, this deal about Adigalia on Wikipedia, <laughs> where <laughs> you can click tabs to be canon or the expanded stuff. And it says on here, just like I talked about, she was in the Jedi power battles and her action figure came with a crimson lightsaber. But that's about it. Uh, it was changed after the fact. They didn't say anything about why. It just says, over several other media sources, Galea changes her saber blade to an orange, then blue crystal. So, uh, not off topic, but, uh, you know, one of the, you know, I talked about the creating the drinks, and you saw the, the drinks I created for our Star Wars celebration at work. Yes, sir. One of the drinks I wanted to create, I asked, I said, can we go get a bunch of olives for star wars day and the they own one of the owners vicky was like why i was like i want to make a martini she's like you wanted to do stuff to make a martini for star wars day i said it'd be called the utini <laughs> she goes i'm not buying olives we don't have this stuff for martinis stuff we have tyler and i was like but think about it that's a great idea <laughs> you keep giving away all these great ideas just right here you know for free on galaxy and galaxy's edge next month it'll be a damn drink for $15. For $15. All right, so now let's talk about our specific preferences and favorites. So, like, out of all the lightsabers that we see throughout the movies and the shows and everything, which ones do you like the best? Okay, so I'm theatrical, obviously. No. Um, spoiler alert. I'm theatrical. So the Youngling Slayer 9000, a.k.a. Anakin's base blue light doesn't do it for me. That's just the base plane, you know, handle. Well, no, Tyler. Yeah. Now that may not look like much, but historically that's the most important lightsaber it, in the history of star Wars. It is. It is. Um, but I absolutely thoroughly love Duke goose. I love the hilt. Same. Uh, something about it, man. Like this. Yeah. That's like, I feel like I would be like, Perry, Perry, on God, on God with it, you know, yes. uh, quoting different dueling movies like Errol Flynn's Robin Hood and stuff while fighting with it. And then just be I'm, like, shut up. I'm totally with you. Like, that's probably one of my favorites, too. Uh, I do like the double bladed Darth Maul saber quite Absolutely. a bit. Absolutely. And I am also a fan of Obi-Wan's uh, last lightsaber like the one he had in the original star wars yeah. and episode three uh luke based his design for his green saber off of the ones and i like the look of that one a lot and i like just the way that it would feel it feels like it wouldn't be just a nice grip yeah but like anakin's and darth vader's is it feels bulky like yes i wouldn't like to use it but if i were to buy like the really expensive high dollar replicas to just display i would probably get anakin's blue and vader's just for the significance of what they are i like this one we're playing with our lightsabers so I love Dooku's. I really like Cal Kestis's hilt. I like how it's like 
long and like part of it goes over the blade but not mm. all, all the way it's like this this like maybe two fingers worth just kind of covers this part of the blade mm-hmm. uh, i like the look of his hilt uh obviously i love mace windows because it's purple and it's so different and yeah. the, the lore they've created for the purple saber i love that thought like teetering on a line like I, i've always said i've said it multiple times on this show i think we're all teetering on a line in life and the fact that they use that as lore just because he wanted a purple saber i feel like that's where i would sit i wouldn't be a sith i wouldn't be a jedi but i'd teeter Possibly controversial, but I think that Ray's uh, constructed saber in the end of the sequels is pretty cool. Made think about what it represents, man. Like she was given hand me downs her whole life. Mm -hmm. She's get borrowing Luke's lightsaber or Leia's saber, whatever happened, right? She then gets to take that staff that she carried through the whole thing, and she probably had that her whole life. That weird little staff. And then other little bits and pieces of, of Luke's saber to construct her own. She had her own thing. Yeah. And uh, I thought just the significance of that alone it's cool. was pretty I, cool. I do think it's cool. And, I don't and dis- the design was different. Yeah, I don't dislike Ray. I think, uh, uh, I mean, I have my qualms with, you know, like, I, I talk about the fighting and, and the sequels, uh, how it's just so, you know, in, in all honesty, I'm going to tell you, and I meant to say this to you last week. There's dialogue in the last show I was in that made me find a, a different respect for Finn being able to pick up a lightsaber and Ray being able to pick up a lightsaber and just fight. And I'm going to quote the line for you. Uh, it's when he says, uh, but when this fight between Romeo and Tybalt happens, we are quickly reminded Romeo is basically a child and Tybalt is a master swordsman. And then this fight does not become about revenge, but survival. That's what Ray and what Finn are doing early on is they're just fighting to survive. Yes. Um, they're not masters of gen. And that's, I think that that now has dawned on me that that's why they were able to just pick up and fight for a while. Cause it was survival uh-huh. instinct. instinct kicked in. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm pretty picky about my lightsaber. I, I, it's hard for me to say, aside from Dooku's and Windu's, one that I would really want that someone else has got. I would rather create my own. And like, I would have to draw it out for you and say, this, this is my dream saber. Mm-hmm. This right here, an orange beam and the hilt would look like blah, blah, blah. Um, I also teeter between what I want like this, like a basic thin lightsaber or what I want like, a claymore type thing that Kylo Ren has. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, lo- I like the thin grip where you have more maneuverability. Yeah. I like that aspect. Um, and I like Ahsoka's. I like Ahsoka's. Oh, yeah. New ones, the white ones, the double white ones. They're pretty cool. Very samurai. So lightsabers are great, but they mean nothing if we don't get cool, epic duels so some of my obviously episode three the anakin obi-wan it's meant to be it has to be this most epic showdown right the these two two brothers a father and son brothers whatever you want to call them this bond that they have and all these years together and now it implodes 
and they are both masters at what they do. One taught the other one, but one was born with all these natural gifts and talents. So what's going to happen, right? And I thought that that battle really lived up. I love that battle. It's, it's epic. Um, beyond that, I'm really partial to the Return of the Jedi uh, last duel with Luke and uh, Vader just because of the drama and the intensity of it. Uh, even though it's not visually very impressive, there's not a lot of tricks and stuff. For me, the story and the drama of the moment uh, made it that much better. Well, obviously, you can't turn down Duel of Fates. <laughs> of course not. Um, whether it be because of the music, because of the fight, uh, the fight between Windu and uh, um, everyone in two, just him just fighting and then him killing Django. Uh -huh. um, I hate that his fight was short with the Emperor, but... I thought that they could have done a lot with that. Yeah. Windu, and longer Windu Emperor fight would have been so good. And Yoda versus Emperor was cool too. And the first time we see Yoda pick up a saber against Dooku and straight yeah. Mickey Mouse this bad boy from King <laughs> jumping on like jumping on yeah. Place. Yeah, I mean in my memory people in the in the theater applauded and cheered when Yoda reached for his lightsaber. That was the first time we'd seen it. I remember I was through the roof excited about it. Yes. Um, but the fight that I think has the most weight uh, to me is Qui-Gon versus Maul. For me personally. And that's mainly because it's not just at stake whether Qui-Gon lives or dies or what happens to Obi-Wan. What's at stake during this battle is what happens to Anakin. Qui-Gon mm -hmm. is the father that Anakin needs. Mm -hmm. And if Qui-Gon dies, he's one step closer to not being what Qui-Gon knows he can be. Right. Qui-Gon dying puts a wrench in the whole thing. If Qui-Gon lives, Anakin has a better father figure. Yeah, and Anakin even says, what will happen to me now? I mean, that fight, like, and, and that, that, that mentality hit me um, watching back through with Maddie. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm, it's just hitting me how important this fight is. Like, he's literally the father that Anakin needs to become this great Jedi, this peaceful Jedi Knight that will bring balance. And yes, at the end of the day, eventually he did you know, at the end of the original franchise. But if Qui-Gon lives, we don't get calm down, Anakin, throughout the rest of the prequels or hold on, Anakin. We don't get a lot of that. We get a true father-son raising that Anakin needs to become this great, peaceful Jedi warrior. So I think that's why that, that fight and that is a heavy fight and obviously revenge of the Sith. Cause that's where Anakin becomes Vader. And you talked about the whole Mace Windu thing, like seeing a longer duel between Mace Windu and the emperor. I think Mace Windu would have won. Yeah. And I think that he would have beaten Anakin too. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause Mace is one of the top dogs. He, he's a big deal. Yeah, he is. Yeah. 
And I also love in episode two, just for the sheer fact that it's Dooku and Anakin and Obi-Wan and Yoda. That whole uh, sequence is really. Proves how strong Dooku is too. Um, (laughs) The one fight that I'm just kind of like, it's ruined by the dialogue is at the beginning of three between Anakin and Dooku and Obi-Wan and Anakin and Dooku at the beginning. Uh, we'll take him together this time. My powers have now. Well, my, my powers have doubled since we fought last time, Count. Ooh, double the pride, double the fall. I was like, God, this dialogue's bad, but this fight should be really good. Um, anytime Dooku fights, I'm, I'm like, God, the finesse. And a lot of that was Christopher Lee. And also honorable mention to Ahsoka versus Vader in Rebels. Yes. Great fight. Animated duels, pretty good too. Yeah, because you have the ability to make them really awesome. Indeed. Indeed. This has been great, man. May the 4th celebrated the way that we only know how, talking about Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Um. Hope that y'all enjoyed it. What are some of your favorite duels? What are your favorite colors, your favorite lightsabers? Um, what are some of the arguments that you may have that we didn't mention? Let us know. 30andnerdypod at gmail.com or just hit us with the hashtag 30andnerdypod on Twitter. Um, thank you all for tuning in. We hope that you are having an amazing May the 4th, however you celebrate. But let us not forget that it's not just one day now. It's basically a week-long celebration, in my opinion. But, you know, there's Revenge of the Fifth tomorrow. That's so, right. I started watching Star Wars several days ago. So, uh, everybody, enjoy your Star Wars out there. Take it easy on the blue milk. Okay, don't get carried away. Yeah, yeah. Don't get carried away. Definitely don't and, want to go to the source like Luke did in Last Jedi. <laughs> Beyond that. may the force be with you always